All right. <clears throat> Let's start so I can make it back by 8.30. Let's start. <laughs> Let's get this freaking over with. We're rolling. Oh. Are we on? <laughs> yeah. That's what it means. <laughs> oh. I didn't know rolling meant on. I thought you meant because we're rolling on the floor right now. I thought that's what you were talking about. We're raffling, <laughs> as the kids say. Ah, yeah, the kids are saying that left and right. Yeah. You know what else they're saying? <gasps> yeah. They're saying that all the time. Classic. Maybe your kids are. Yeah. No, actually, I need to get them to say that, though. Yeah. Yeah, right? Do your kids say it? No, I need to force them to say things. Yep. <gasps> you know? Yep. Like things what? such as that noise right there. I need to force them to say it. <laughs> you know? That make them better people. Well, hold on. Before we dive into the... <gasps> we need to know, how's marriage life been, Mark a? What does that mean? How's marriage life? Uh, it's Three like, weeks you know in. what? It's like Roblox, if I had to think of one word. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you said that, because... Because... <gasps> um, why? Why? How is it like Roblox? Because everything's square. Because you're just building on top of the strong foundation. Oh, oh! And you're playing on like a multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> Can a you make a house real quick? <laughs> I'm gonna build this house real quick. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, uh, marriage has been cool so far. Uh, I've been describing it as it's like not really different at all. You know, from how our relationship was dating. But then there's a lot of really different stuff. Mm. So, yeah, I'm doing a lot of cooking, exploring, uh, you know, recipes and stuff. That's been fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just it's pretty chill so far. Mad chills. Yeah, I never yeah. cooked. <clears throat> I never cooked before I got married. Same. And once I got married, I just, now I cook, like, without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. it'll turn you into a chef, that's for sure. I've been cooking... Like every day since we got back from the honeymoon. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah. How did your eggplant come out? It came out good. Yeah. Yeah, but Alyssa, she got home from work and she had to help me with it. Oh, really? Because okay. it was a big project. It yeah, is. with eggplant, you have to kind of cut it a little bit thick or else it kind of dissolves in the oil. Mm -hmm. If you cut it too thin, it's like mush. Yeah, sometimes eggplant turns into mush. Yeah. I, did, I made eggplant like a month ago and it was totally mush. Yeah. I was like, babe, it's supposed to be like this, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. So no more McDonald's? No more fast food? We were never fast food people, really. Oh. Yeah. What about you? No more fast food? Yeah, I haven't had fast food like that in like a year. Well, because you lost 100 pounds. Yeah. Should actually be happy about this. Bible dingers Am ding I? or no ding? Can you predict my happiness? I do. <clears throat> Ding a no ding. Hey guys, what's up? My name is Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and we are. And we are. Bible dinger. And we start each and every episode before we dive into the topic at hand, and that is the book of Ephesians. We start each and every episode with ding or no ding, where I come up with a news headline. And Ryan and Mark have to decide whether it is fake or real. Mm. Nope. Whether it is ding or no ding. Yeah, it's a little bit of a throwback there. A little bit of a throwback. To the real mm -hmm. news or fake news. Yeah. All right. So if you get it right, you get one of these. And if you get it wrong, you get one of these. Thanks for that clarification. So it's a good thing that you are cooking often. Because according to this headline... 
the feds are now investigating McDonald's and why their ice cream machines break down all the time. So the feds Hmm. are investigating McDonald's broken ice cream machines. The feds are upset that they're not getting feds. Ah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I I have my answer. Do you really? Yeah, I'm ready. Tooting or not tooting? That is the question. What is the answer? What do you think, guys? That's ding. A, that's a major dings right there. That's a major ding? Yeah, it's a major ding. You dings. really think that the feds would look up why McDonald's broken machines? <laughs> why McDonald's, McDonald's broken cream, machines? Machines are always broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they would look up why McDonald's why? broken machines. <laughs> why would they even care? Because um, people care. Yeah, it's an issue, bro. So the feds are going to actually do it. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's our answer. Okay. I'm going to have to start bringing more of the stump, I think. Yeah, you need to bring the stump, bro. I have a few more in my pocket that I might get rid of. You have stumps in your pocket. I have a couple stumps. I scream. You scream. We all scream out of sheer rage that the McDonald's (laughs) ice cream machine is busted again. (laughs) By now, it is well known among concierges of the fast food giant's frozen desserts that McDonald's ice cream machines often break down. The technical problem that regularly befall the contraptions can make McFlurries, shakes, and other treats unattainable. Attainable. McDonald's has acknowledged the issue, but customers are not loving it. <laughs> the problem has gotten so widespread that there's even an online tool that lets you track malfunctioning machines across the United States. Get out of here. Now, the feds are reportedly on the case. Sheesh. Dun, 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 dun. I'm fed in it. You're you think it. they're fed up oh. with McDonald's broken ice cream machines? Deaf. Yeah. <laughs> Deaf. No. no. You think yeah. they're fed up? Deaf. Deaf. Come on. Come up with another fed. I don't they know. are not feds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't have to go deep into this. Oh, okay. But yeah, I don't have to because I don't want to. I don't really want to, but I thought it was interesting. Sometimes I just speak about things because I want it to be interesting. Mm. And this is interesting. Why would the feds waste their money looking into McDonald's as if ice cream is all that matters? I know there's a lot more to it. Yeah. Biden's got something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. McDonald's. Yeah, I think Trump is secretly behind this. Yeah, probably. And um, North Korea. Oh, yeah. 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 This is a big deal. It's a big deal. (laughs) This is a really big deal. So, today we are talking about the book of Ephesians, which was mentioned earlier. And the first part of any... You getting a little button happy over there? The first first part of any outline is... Where are the turtles? 
the turtle of the book. Is also known as the title of the book. So, where did the title Ephesians come from, guys? Anybody know? Uh, from your mother. You know what's weird? Similar to Ephesians, <laughs> it's kind of weird. There's actually a debate so, over this thing. Ephesians, similar to Ephesians. I don't know how I know this. Yeah. So similar to Galatians, I think is what you meant to say, uh, is that there is actually a bit of debate over the title of Ephesians. <laughs> Some scholars believe that this book was originally meant to be encyclical. Ooh. You guys know what that word means? Uh, passed around. It means encyclical. It's encyclical. It means it's sent to many undesignated churches in a region, not addressed to a specific one when it comes to Bible canons. It's a nice word, bro. Encyclical. Hmm. So it was meant to be encyclical throughout the Roman province of Asia. Okay. Now, when you're thinking of Asia, I think that you're thinking of a big giant continent with a hundred million countries on it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause I was just thinking about Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is it cause it's Thanksgiving coming up? Is that yep. what you mean? Cause I'm thankful for you guys. Yeah. So yeah. So when we say province of Asia, the Roman province of Asia, that was just modern day Turkey. It's funny how that worked. Yeah. Isn't that funny? And they would support this with two observations. Uh, the first one is that the words in Ephesus in chapter one, verse one, do not actually appear in three very early Greek manuscripts. Uh, so verse one in these manuscripts says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are faithful in Christ Jesus. But our version says to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful to Christ Jesus. So do what you want with that. The second one is Paul typically mentions individuals by name when writing a letter to a specific church that he's already worked with. He spent three years with the church in Ephesus, but does not mention anyone in this letter. Um, and then I know I said there's two observations, but there's actually three and I'm an idiot. So yeah, you're such an idiot. Yeah. So the third one is that in Colossians, Paul tells the church in Colossae to read the letter from Laodicea. The church in Laodicea would have been in the region of the Roman province of Asia, meaning he might have been talking about the book of Ephesians. So the church in Laodicea might have had a copy because of the encyclical intent that Paul had when writing this book. Whoa. You guys tracking? I'm tracking. Mm. Okay. We're rolling. Shout out to Chandy. Am I right? Who? Matt Chandy. Uh, he used to always say when in his sermons, he was always say, are you tracking with me? Are you guys tracking? And then he'd go like this with his hands. He would clap? Yeah. Like he was trying to catch a net. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so... The problem is the large majority of early manuscripts do contain the words in Ephesus. Also, the absence of names may have been that Paul didn't want to single anyone out in such a public way since he personally knew so many people there. Either way, we know what general area was the destination of the letter. If not the church in Ephesus specifically, then it was the churches around the area of Ephesus. Yeah, and the next question is, who wrote this? This is the author section of this episode, 
And like many other books of the Bible, the author self-identifies in this letter. In uh, chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 3, verse 3, the epistles self-identifies as being written by no one other than Paul. 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 This is one of the most criticized epistles when it comes to authorships. The <clears throat> Really? This is one of the most criticized epistles when it comes to authorship by skeptics, believe it or not. Really? Um, yeah, which should be in the fun facts section, actually. Yeah, because it is. is fun. It is kind That's, of wow. Uh, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a roll today, Mark. <laughs> well, married Mark is different, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm get, It's a little edgy, Mark. It's different. I feel the same. No, no, no you don't. The same. It's this thing you're on like, my finger. You're like venomized Spider-Man. That's what you oh, are. Yeah, I'm like Carnage. Have, yeah. Have <laughs> Have you seen that the the old Spider-Man three? Where he was walking around when he originally got the black suit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, oh, yeah. He was throwing guns up at all the women around the street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's Mark. <laughs> he was snapping he his was, fingers. Yeah, it was Mark. by far the stupidest, the stupidest scene I've ever seen in any superhero movie. Yeah, Spider but Spider-Man Three is awful. That's Mark right now. But anyway, skeptics have a problem with this, and they would say that the linguistic style and characteristics of the letter are dissimilar to all of his other epistles, and that this was written by someone under the pseudonym of Paul. However, writing under pseudonyms was not a practice that ever occurred within the early church, similar to how it is not really practiced now. You would never see, like, John Piper write a book using the name Benny Hinn. It just wouldn't, it would never happen. First of all, because it's Benny Hinn. Second of all, because it doesn't happen. Second of all, because it's pipes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, also, wasn't there uh, in like the third century fake gospels that were written under the pseudonyms of the apostles? Mm -hmm. So, but that's like not the first century that was happening. Mm. Those were later inventions. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That was, I think, I believe the third century, right? I think the third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the gospel of Thomas. Yeah. I don't know, but what I do know is it didn't happen then. It's not really happening now. Yeah. People didn't really write with pseudonyms. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, many consider Ephesians to be the crown jewel of all, other, of all of his other letters. It seems strange that a disciple of Paul would have a greater theological and spiritual perception than even Paul himself and all of his other epistles. So the strikes against that point. And lastly, Ephesians was extensively and indisputably accepted in the early church as Paul's letter. For these reasons, it was probably written by Paul himself. Mm. Next up is the date of writing. We need a... When wrote this. When wrote this, yeah. We need a soundbite for that. Yeah. What do you want to do? We got to make it a soundbite. No, that's not it. Date of writing. That's it. We got to make it a soundbite. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. Wasn't it dated events? The date of the events. Right? Yes, it was. We used to. We used to have date events because in the Old Testament, there people would write about events that happened events, before yeah. them. Oh, yeah. But now we're in the now New Testament. Now it's a date of writing. We've unhitched from the Old Testament. Yeah, totally. Uh, we keep and shouting them out like every fourth episode. <laughs> do we? Yes, it's terrible. We haven't said that in a while. We no. do that. We're doing that for stands. We do not like stands. 
Okay. <laughs> that was intense. <laughs> you need to be. I am delivered. I need guy. to be. I am delivered. <laughs> You're right. No, you need to be that guy. Mm. That said. Yeah. Anyway, the date of writing. Paul was in prison whenever this book was written. We see that in chapter 3, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1, and verse 20. All right, so there are three prison terms we know of. There is imprisonment in Caesarea in AD 57 through 59, and there were two imprisonments in Rome. The first one that we hear about in Acts 28, verse 30, was in AD 60 to 62, and this was more like a house arrest. He lived in his own rented place but was guarded by Roman soldiers. He was allowed visitors and not chained down. The second one was approximately around A.D. 67. We hear about this in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16. And during this imprisonment, he was actually in chains in a Roman prison. They're trying to put Paul back in chains. Break every chain. Yeah. Break every chain. Most conservative scholars put the authorship of Ephesians during the second prison term. His house arrest in Rome from A.D. 60 to 62. How do you say this? Where? Tichius? Tichicus? Oh, Tidius. Chicus? Chicus. Tychicus. Chicus. Yeah, I think it's Chicus. Chicus? Tychicus. It's it's Tychicus. Tychicus. Tychicus? Tychicus. Is that why you gave me this freaking section, bro? Tychicus. 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 All right. Chicucus. Many believe that Ephesians was written during this time, as well as Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, or Philemon. Philemon, shout out to Dwayne. Yeah. Some shout of our outs. friends say it. And these are known as the prison epistles. And Ephesians and Colossians were probably written around the same time, possibly even simultaneously. I can't find a remote. Sheesh. All right, let me deal with this real quick. Yeah, All right. You were talking about Chuchis. How are we going? Yeah, we're on. We're rolling. All right. Most conservative scholars okay. put the authorship uh, of... <laughs> you talking about <laughs> Ephesians and Colossians were probably written around the same time, possibly even simultaneously early on during the imprisonment, really because of two reasons. There is no mention of a potential release from imprisonment. And here we go. Here's my attempt of saying this guy's name. Secondly, because Tychicus... No. <laughs> How do you say it? Tychicus. Tychicus delivered both Ephesians and Colossians, so it is likely that he visited Paul and picked up both of these letters at the same exact time. Ooh, thanks for delivering these. Tychicus. Tychicus. Yep. So that places authorship of Ephesians around 60 AD. 60 AD, you say? Yes, I did. All right. How you doing? So, what we need to do next is tackle some of the historical context of Ephesians so that you comprehend. Yeah, but first. Oh. But first, what? You have to compose yourself. <clears throat> okay. So, the first piece of historical context we're going to go over is the church in Ephesus. And how it began. Would you like to know that, fellas? Not really. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the church was probably started by Priscilla and Aquila when Paul left them there on his second missionary journey. We see that in Acts 18, 
verses 18 through 19. It was then firmly established by Paul when he went there on his third missionary journey in Acts 19. And he spent three years there being the pastor of the church. Nice. Pretty interesting, huh? After he spent three years there and was imprisoned, we get this letter. Later on, Timothy came in and pastored the church for about a year and a half. This is actually the context of Paul's first letter to Timothy. Timothy was the pastor of the Ephesian church at that time. So 2 Timothy was also written to Timothy for the Ephesian church. And then I love this part. 30 years later, John writes in Revelation to the Ephesian church. So we get a big chunk of Ephesian church history between all these books. Uh, because, so because of that, we're able to see some trends, some cultures and beliefs within the church pan out. And we will get into that a little bit more in the purpose, but I think it's pretty cool from like the beginning of the New Testament all the way to the very end of the New Testament. We kind of get updates on what's going on in the Ephesian church. Look at you. All right, so next we're going to talk about Ephesus in particular. Ephesus was located on the east side of the Aegean Sea at the mouth of the Caister River, which is currently western, you guessed it, Turkey. Toiki. Western Toiki. Nice. It was most known for its amazing Temple of Artemis, which is one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, if you didn't know. It was also a major political, educational, and commercial center, similar to the likes of Alexandria in Egypt. So this was a big, major center of population. And you see, I don't know if we've spoken about this already, but Paul the Apostle was sort of a metropolitan fella. He liked the big cities. He was always visiting the big cities. Mm-hmm. There's only uh, cases here and there where he visits small towns. For the most part, he's in... He's in the big population centers. Yeah. He was a church planner. Yeah. He was a church planner. Also a city boy. City boy. All right. So that was the historical context. Next, it's time for the <laughs> purpose or and purpose of the book. There's no particular purpose that's clearly outlined in this book, like there is in many epistles. But looking at this church's trends throughout all the letters that were written to it, we can get a good idea about why this was written. So when Paul was returning from his third missionary journey, he told the Ephesian elders at Miletus or Miletus. 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 I thought it was Midas. Midas. It's definitely not Midas. It's a city. And he told the Ephesian elders to beware of evil teachers from without and of professing believers from within that would teach perverse things. We see this in Acts 20. Verses 29 through 30. And then later on in Revelation, we can see that they did well with keeping out false teachers. We see that in Revelation 2, verse 2. But they had failed to maintain the vibrancy of their first love for Christ. That's in Revelation 2, verse 4. Could these have been ancient Baptists? We don't know. Ugh. Terrible joke, bro. Sorry. I go. Just want to make it clear that I go to a Baptist church and my favorite people are Baptists. Me too. All right. So I love Baptists. He was just joking. I love baptizing people <laughs> in the Holy Spirit. We see then in First Timothy that the goal of his instruction was, quote, love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. You can couple that with the fact that Paul mentions love three times more in Ephesians than he does in any other letter. 
The letter begins with love in chapter 1, verse 4 and 6, and it ends with love in chapter 6, verses 23 through 24. And the book of Ephesians makes up one-sixth of all Paul's references to agape love. We can conclude that Paul's purpose was to remind the Ephesian church of love. I wish we had like a... Something with love, right? A little bit of smooth. Yeah. You can add it here. You can add it right here. Oh. So love for them. Very good job, Mark. (laughs) Just set Mark up for work. You know I'm going to do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, you got to do it right here. Oh. You would be a great music producer, you know. That, right? <laughs> um, anyway, so love for the Ephesian church needed to go two ways. Firstly, they needed to love God and not fall into loveless liturgy. Secondly, Paul was calling for loving unity between the Jewish and Gentiles in the church. That's it, man. I think that the purpose of this book is all about is that love. Love is love. Love is <laughs> love. That's what that's it. That, that's what Ephesians is about, right? I am delivered. That's it. <laughs> no, it's not about that at all. So don't misquote me. I was just joking. Next, it is time for the Are you doing? Fun facts. So there was a riot in Ephesus because the silversmith, Demetrius, lost a lot of business. He used to make small shrines to Artemis, but everyone was becoming Christians and weren't buying his idols anymore. Him and other worksmen in similar trades started riring. 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 Him, sorry. Him and other worksmen in similar trades started rioting. We see this in Acts chapter 19, verses 23 to 27. So that's a fun fact. Next up is, besides Ephesians, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Revelation being involved with the church in Ephesus, the Gospel of John and 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John all passed through the city as well. They were recipients of some major New Testament letters. Could you imagine what it'd be like to be part of a church where the Apostle Paul was your pastor for three years, and then Timothy was your pastor for a couple of years. Right. And every single one of these New Testament books was like written, written by them and to you in yeah, a yeah. sense. Yeah. And then Jesus says, You lost your first love. Yeah. Directly yeah. To you. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty intense. Yeah. That's a pretty cool church. Yeah. It's, it's intense. Yeah. It's outline time. All right. Mark, I'm not going to make you do a song this time. I feel, I feel bad for you. It's it's getting stale. To. Is it getting he, stale? Nope. He has to do it. <laughs> you have to do it. So there are four sections of this outline. I made it so that it wouldn't be easy for him. No. Do it. There are four sections. There's uh, one, two, three, <laughs> four. Four. Sections. The first one being the salutation. And so just so you guys understand, we break it up into sections like this because that's how the the book is broken up. Yeah, and plus we want Mark to have a heyday. Yeah. So the salutation counts as its own little section because it's its own thing. That's the first two verses. Then the second section is what we call the Christian's calling. 
and that's chapters one through three. And we're going to start in chapters one and two, and this is what we're going to call God's calling. And it starts with God's purpose, and his purpose is glory. And that's chapters one through three, verses three through 14. And what these verses essentially say is that God called the Christian to salvation and enacted the plan of redemption for his glory. Secondly, we get the means of the calling, and the means is through knowledge of him. And that's in verses 15 through 23. Knowledge of him in particular helps to propel us through our redemption story. Am I right? Mm. Lastly, we get the method of God's calling, and this is, as you know, grace. And that's in chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And essentially, God chose to show grace on some and save them by pulling them out of their sin and spiritual deadness. Shout out to John Calvin. When you say have grace on some, is that the people who respond to grace? Well, that's a question for our friends, um, Michael Horton, Michael Brown, and Leighton Flowers, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, shout outs. Shouts outs to our three previous episodes with those people. I know you're listening. Yeah, I hope they are. Next is the church's calling. That's chapters two and three. So their their calling is threefold. There is their present unity in verses 11 through 22. And essentially, Gentiles were brought into the family and the church needs to remember that they were once outsiders, so they must be at peace with one another. Next is their past ignorance, and this is chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Essentially, these verses say that it was hidden that Gentiles were going to be brought in as God's people. This was a mystery, as it's been said in other books of the New Testament. And finally, we have future comprehension. This is chapter 3, verses 14 through 19, and that is where he exhorts them to be rooted in love so that you can comprehend the depths of God's love. All right, next we get the doxology. This is chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. I couldn't resist. And this is uh, stated quite often in many churches at the end of the church service. You may have heard it before. This is where they say, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is the doxology, and it comes from Ephesians 3, verses 20 through 21. All right, next up is section 3, the Christian's conduct, starting in chapter 4 into chapter 6. And it starts off in chapter 4 uh, with the spiritual walk. And the first part of it is walking in unity, verses 1 through 16 of chapter 4. And what's interesting to me is this really seems like the biggest issue in modern-day churches, mm-hmm. is walking in unity. They divide over so much other stuff that you forget that we're united in Christ. Mm. And the whole Bible preaches to be united with those who believe so. If you're not united, if you're picking apart everybody else's theology and your heart's not in it, this section's for you to read. Hey. Secondly, uh, walking in holiness in chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. This is something that is taught over and over in Scripture. Uh, 
to eliminate your sin, to repent from your sin, and to make sure that we're walking according to God's will for our life and to be image bearers of Christ. Third, walking in love in chapter 5, the first six verses. I found it interesting here how in verse 2 he says, walk in love, but then immediately in verse 3 he goes back to the point he was making about sin in chapter 4. So it's like, I think he's kind of making connection there in the way of if we do love God, we have to obey Him. If we claim that we love Him, we want to obey Him. So it changes our heart, it changes our action, it changes our life. It's full transformation. And uh, number four is walking in light in chapter 5, verses 7 through 14. We are to walk as the children of light. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's make sure that we are shining from the outside. Um, And then fifth, and lastly, walking in wisdom. Chapter 5, verses 15, all the way through chapter 6, verse 9. And I, I find this kind of funny. He's talking about being wise, and then he talks about marriage right after. Mm. So you think he knew about that saying that says, happy wife, happy life? Absolutely. He wasn't married. Well, maybe he was hinting towards it. Maybe. Maybe. Like, <laughs> no, but all joking aside, in this section, he talks about how wives should submit to your husbands and how husbands should love their wives. Marriage and wisdom come from a marriage that is a two-way street. It's both the wife submitting and the man leading and loving. So that's definitely a section that if you're married, you want to highlight, Marque. Oh, but this is the section that says that Paul, husbands can do whatever they want. That yeah. is definitely, definitely not true. And this book is Love is Love, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. Oh. Am, I, am I understanding the Bible correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <gasps> Uh, Then we have in chapter 6, verse 10 through 20, spiritual warfare. And this is the famous armor of God section where I wish I had time to really exposit each and every part of the armor. Maybe we'll do an Instagram post about this one day and we'll make pictures as a template of the different armors and explain them. Whenever I was a kid in elementary school, I went to a, a Christian school for a few years and they had spirit week every week like most schools do mm-hmm. and in like a pep rally or whatever and during spirit week every year they would hide different pieces of armor around like the school campus and whoever found like all of them would get like a prize basket oh or that's fun like that. <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool well i remember uh the armor of god the most is at dvbs at church oh yeah do you guys have any memories with dvbs I know VBS. I don't remember the D. Yeah, it's I remember D. VBS. It's Daily Vacation Bible School. It's uh-huh. the same thing. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> but we used to. Ha- I remember growing up specifically. We would dress up in the full armor, and the kids would get to go up and like sing, do yeah, their yeah. singing portion of the whole thing. Yeah. And I remember having each and every part on. Hmm. And it, it's kind of what's weird about it is we only remember learning about the armor of God as a child. But when has like a preacher done an in-depth expositional series on this? I don't know. So I think maybe we should teach on it one day maybe. on Instagram. And it would I know Mark would kill it with the templates. Oh, oh the just armors. Kill it. Oh, he would kill get the, the sword of the spirit out yeah. and, and slay pierce it. those templates. <laughs> pierce them. And we would block anybody with the shield of faith that doesn't like it. Yeah. We would block them. And and report them (laughs) with our helmet of righteousness. There you go. (laughs) 
There we Wait, go. Ryan, I have to know, did you ever win the Spirit Week thing? No, I was too dumb. I was a dumb kid. I'm still kind of a dumb kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah. There's Stop. a, there's a, there's a, that'll preach. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it would. <laughs> you know what preaches? The conclusion. Yeah. In chapter six, verses 21 through 24. <gasps> in the conclusion of the chapter, Paul gives his final greetings. <laughs> and at this time... So will I. (laughs) Ding on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was the book of Ephesians, guys. Congratulations. You got all the way through it. I'll tell you what, the um, if you didn't hear in some of the earlier episodes, these these shows are probably going to get shorter and shorter because the books are getting shorter and shorter. Uh, it starts out with the longest one goes to the shortest one, if you didn't already know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you guys liked what you hear, we compile everything on BibleDingers.com. And if you are not a part okay. of... <laughs> you always interrupt me at the no, end. I was going to switch it up a little bit. Oh, okay. I see. Well, if you're going to switch it up, then you would let me do it, because every time you jump in and do the Patreon for me. I know, because you always forget. <laughs> You always think that I'm about to forget. You want me to like... Nick. Okay. iPad. Yeah. Oh, man. I was... Dude, I was dogging you this morning and last night. Here's why. I didn't realize... Do you bring the iPad every time anyway? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Because we used to use my cruddy tablet. And I thought like last time was the first time we used your iPad. He used to put the outline on his iPad, I think. Oh, that's what it is. Regardless. That's what it is. Regardless, I was on my iPad. I thought it was like a new thing. I don't want you to forget that we stopped using my credit tablet. Nope. I would bring it regardless. So I was blowing you up. Yep. Anyways. Um, can you do the Patreon part? You do it. Just remember the Dinger Nations. All right. Dinger Nation. Yes. Yeah, so if you're not... I'm sorry for scolding you, Nick. You scolded Did me. I scold you? No. I feel scolded. I love you. You said no. And then he said, I feel scolded. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we are a self-funded show. We fund ourselves with our self-money and also with patron money. Um, Our our primary funding is ourselves. (laughs) 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 And our patrons. Wow, you're killing me. Let me tell you. I actually cut out a lot of... You do that on the, the videos. Do I? At least early on you were doing... I'm cutting out yeah. a lot of times where you repeat yourself. Thank you. Anyways, so we're self-funded. <laughs> we fund ourselves. Um, and our patrons, they fund ourselves. So anyways, become patrons. <laughs> also, if you guys are not part of... You can find us on Patreon where we're releasing all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you get the episode a week early. We also release some behind-the-scenes stuff. You will actually get our outline, and you can... You can follow along with your Bible reading. And you can follow along with your Bible reading. So make sure you become a patron for a self-funded so podcast. So make sure you become a patron for a self-funded podcast. Nation. <laughs> write this down, bro. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, we hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> we really, really do. If you like what you heard and you love our ministry, you could find us on social media across the board. 
Oh, it's not that easy, I is forgot. it? No, is you it? threw me at, off. At oh. BibleDingers across yeah. the board. BibleDingers.com. You could find us on social media at BibleDingers across the board on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And while you're there, just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Make sure you hit follow, hit subscribe, hit like, and most importantly, ding on, man. <laughs> May your will be done till the day I die. So little time, so little time. May your will be done till the day I die. Bible dingers, embrace the ding. It's like we never did an outro before. Yeah, I was struggling, guys. I I'm threw sorry. him off. I threw him off. I'm sorry. He was vibing and I threw him off. I was vibing. You were just vibing hard. I was uh, hardcore vibing. The vibe was so if you ethereal. Not a part of-